Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point on this Wednesday, August 30th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll take your phone calls in this hour at 1115-602-260-1060 is the number. But as we typically do to kickstart hour number two, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. The 2023 Denver Broncos, their win-loss total is sitting at eight and a half wins. So is it over? Is it under this year? And right now, under continues to lead the way at eight, uh, 80% of the vote over sitting at 20%. Not much uh, Sean Payton faith there uh, from the voters so far. Obviously, uh, you know, last year was a disaster. We talked and uh, talked about the, and previewed the Broncos in the last hour. You know, they've lost 10 or more games in five of the last six seasons, haven't even made the playoffs since they last won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning in his last year and Gary Kubiak in his last year as the head coach in Denver back in 2016, I think it was. Um, so there's that. Uh, but, uh, you know, last year got so bad that uh, Nathaniel Hackett didn't even make it through his first and I'm guessing only season ever as a head coach in the NFL. We'll answer that question around 1130. Still time for you to cast your vote. KDOS1060.com. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. The saga with the Indianapolis Colts and running back Jonathan Taylor is going to continue because the Colts were unable to find a trade partner or at least a partner that uh, intended to provide them compensation they were looking for. So should the Colts have traded Jonathan Taylor? Yes, leading the way at 77.8%. No trailing at 22.2%. Yeah, and I think the, you know, the fact that you know, they obviously did not trade him, but he's on the pup list, which means he's going to miss at least the first four games of the regular season. Uh, we talked about the possibilities of what might happen with Jonathan Taylor during the sports zone on Tuesday uh, with John McKechnie of rotowire.com in his return to uh, or his weekly appearance here in the sports zone for fantasy football. And uh, a lot of fantasy football drafts, I'm guessing most people, and if you do it right uh, in the fantasy football world, your draft is between you know now and the start of the season, and you didn't have it like a month ago or something. So I understand there's some circumstances where some people have to have their months uh, draft a month ago or whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, what do you do with Taylor? Well, I think the, you know, the fact that he's going to miss at least the first four games of the season – I would imagine that greatly reduces the um, the uh, the number of people that are going to take a chance on him early in the at least can't count on him for the first four games of the season, and then let's just say let's say that he only misses the first four games. When's he actually going to be in shape? Is he still going to be on the Colts? Because the trade deadline is not till October, uh, so it might even be November now. It's later in the season. Uh, so in the offensive line of the Colts, is that going to be any good anyway, even if he does play? So I think a lot of the uncertainty 
uh, before yesterday regarding Taylor's uh, status or at least the immediate future, that's gone after yesterday. So that's a good thing as far as fantasy football goes. Probably not a good thing for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't think it's a good thing for the Colts either. We will certainly get into more of that around 1130 as we answer today's poll question. Yesterday in the NFL, it was roster cut down day and it was the initial 53 man roster down from 90 from preseason and training camps. For the Arizona Cardinals, you you had the bigger biggest news coming on Monday with the release of Colt McCoy. Uh, on Tuesday, they released 31 more players. Uh, for me, a couple of things stood out. Overall, nothing really um, egregious or nothing really unexpected for the most part. Um, long snapper Aaron Brewer, that one was a little bit surprising to me, uh, was his release. In addition to uh, quarterback David Blau thought that possibly he would be uh, retained because of bringing in Josh Dobbs and uh, also then having Clayton Toon, but because of the emergency quarterback situation for this year having a third quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if either he or Jeff Driscoll uh, make it back onto the practice squad. Yeah, um, Blau is awful during preseason. I mean, I know that he was you know up against it because you know, he had receivers that aren't in the league anymore out there with him a lot of the time. He had offensive linemen that aren't in the league anymore uh, out there most of the time. But his accuracy, I thought, was atrocious during the preseason. Uh, as far as Aaron Brewer goes, I was surprised about that. I'm not sure how the you know what the demand is for long snappers and the waiver wire situation here, uh, but you know, certainly wouldn't be surprised if he uh, you know doesn't come back. And when he was out for a while, was that last year or two years ago, Kayla? When he was out for like uh, several weeks, um, one of those two, uh, Matt Prater was you know his field goal accuracy was way down, and there were a lot of bad snaps, and it was a real issue. I want to say that that was in 2022 when he ended up on the um, uh, injured list. Okay, so whenever whatever that was, uh, there that was a significant problem when he was not long snapping. Yeah, and I remember that, and then we had discussed as well just holding in general and how, uh, again, just interesting here because it seemed as though whenever Matt Hawk was holding for Matt Prater this preseason in camps, uh, he – kicked better than when Nolan Cooney was holding for him, but Nolan Cooney has won the job. So I'm curious as well, as I didn't pay attention to this at the time, uh, when we had discussed in that final preseason game with the missed kick for Matt Prater against the Vikings that the snap was bad, I'm curious to know who was snapping at that particular moment. Well, Brewer was snapping then, but I never saw – they never showed a replay, so I'm not sure – it seemed like just uh, you know, kind of in the you know, side angle or whatever the you know the normal TV angle that the, the, that was not a clean exchange between you know center holder and kicker. Something uh, seemed to be off there anyway. We had discussed this as well. Uh, what was going to happen with the running back situation? Corey Clement. Uh, we suspected that this could definitely be a possibility with plenty of fourth quarter carries for him in preseason contests. The last two games, and you know the fact that Richard Lawrence was out there too. Uh, those are the two guys that stood out to me that were out there that you, 
you know, that, like I've said many times over the years about the only reason to pay any attention to any preseason game in the fourth quarter of near the end of a preseason uh, is who should uh, who's out there that shouldn't be out there or you wouldn't think would be out there. And the fact that Lawrence and Clement were out there for each of the last two preseason games, uh, you know, Clement, uh, to my recollection from Saturday, he was out there every snap. Uh, in the uh, final preseason uh, game against Minnesota on Saturday. And uh, I just thought they would be able to trade him because, you know, maybe, uh, he'll end up somewhere for sure. Um, I mean, he's a, he's somebody that has, you know, Super Bowl pedigree. The first time that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, he was a big part of their team. Then he showed enough to me uh, the last couple of years that he still can be a productive player and, in a league that is unfortunately in the last two weeks had a rash of running back injuries uh, to a lot of backups. I uh, can't believe that he's not going to be on another team. He might already be on another team because the waiver period ended, I think, an hour ago. Uh, and to your point here, Rashard Lawrence was one of those that was part of the cut. So that means Lucky Foto remains as the only 2020 draft pick left on this roster as it is today. Uh, and, and, and neither of those guys have been any good at all, by the way. Uh, we had talked about it as well that Kyler Murray uh, is going to be on the pup list, so he is guaranteed to miss at least the first four games of the season. And then we had discussed the injuries that were sustained to a couple of offensive linemen in that final preseason game, one of them being John Gaines, and he now is starting the year on IR. So that injury was significant enough in that game. I believe he's out for the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Uh, yeah, so yeah, the fact that they traded Josh Jones last week, I wonder, not that Jones did anything, and he, he certainly had multiple opportunities here uh, under you know, multiple coaching staffs uh, to get it figured out, a couple, well, two, two coaching staffs and two GMs uh, to figure it out, but uh, you know, he, he, he just he was bad when they gave him chance after chance after chance. But I wonder now at the line, the uh, the offensive line shortage, whether they kind of wonder maybe we shouldn't have done that. But also, uh, probably at the same time, they're thinking, well, we can get somebody in the waiver wire that's just as good as or they're just as bad as Josh Jones was. Speaking of more. I guess, uh, you know, there really to me wasn't that many surprises across the 32 teams for NFL cut down day yesterday. I guess the biggest surprise was that Bill Belichick and the Patriots, uh, one, they traded kicker Nick Folk to the Titans, and two, they waived both quarterbacks Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. Uh, however, both of those players have cleared waivers and they're back on the roster here for the New England Patriots. To me, watching Bailey Zappi this preseason, he's certainly struggled plenty of times uh, I know he was playing with second and third string offensive linemen but it certainly wasn't uh, it wasn't crisp I also had this thought but that thought kind of goes away since he, he came back that there was so much clamor last year for zappy time because of mac jones's struggles so if you release him then that kind of takes that sort of narrative off the table um but because he's back with the team that thought process isn't quite quite accurate malik cunningham though he was impressive you know very very raw uh but impressive because he was lined up in so many different areas than just quarterback so uh i'm not surprised that they wanted him back 
Yeah, a couple things. Let's start with Folk. Uh, I'm not surprised at all about that. In fact, when we talked last week with uh, Christopher Price, yeah, I think we you know, pretty much you know, came out the bottom line that he wasn't going to be there. Uh, they drafted a kicker in like the fourth round this past year. So that guy was going to make the team. Uh, so, you know, Folk, U of A guy back in the day. Uh, so I uh, assume he'll catch on somewhere at some point because people are going to need kickers. Um, you know, there's a kicker or two that get cut every week uh, during the regular season or close to every week. So I think he'll be okay. Uh, once again, good morning football this morning on, on uh, you know, NFL Network. They actually discussed the possibility. This is before they you know, officially brought back the two quarterbacks you just mentioned. But they officially talked about, or unofficially, but you know, they talked about the, the, the fact that Colt McCoy might be an option for the, for the, uh, for the Patriots. And I'm curious to see if he lands somewhere, if McCoy lands somewhere today, or if he doesn't, uh, maybe that just means he is going to retire. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, interesting to see what happens on that front with Colt McCoy and uh, potentially where he could could land or if he ends up retiring. A couple of other well, things. Well, Washington has also been mentioned, and that would be very interesting because that's a Cardinals first game opponent. And there have been many, many times in the past, whether it be the preseason or the regular season, where a player that got waived recently in one place shows up on another team right before that team plays the team that released him or waived him. <laughs> that does happen often. Um, a couple of other things that stood out to me here for yesterday's NFL Cutdown Day, it was for the Bills and that Vaughn Miller is going to be starting off on the pup list, so he is guaranteed to miss four games. In addition to that, DeMar Hamlin made the roster. So his journey back to mm -hmm. the NFL after uh, all that he has been through, he is on the 53-man roster. Yeah, and apparently there were, I wasn't paying any attention to this. I apologize, but I just don't pay attention to it. But apparently there were many people that thought he was going to get cut and wouldn't be on the roster, at least to start with. I assume they'd try to bring him back in the practice squad if he were cut. So there's that. Uh, I don't think there's any big surprise. I think it would have been a shock if Miller were not, uh, if he weren't on the pup list at this point. When we previewed the Bills last week, we were pretty, you know, almost close to 100% sure that there was no way he was going to be playing in the first four games of this season. Yeah, he suffered that bad knee injury. That was last Thanksgiving Day uh, when he suffered that. So it wasn't like early last season and you've had a full calendar year. Uh, he hasn't been close to a full calendar year since he went down. 49ers placed Nick Bosa on the reserve did not report list. I know that when we had Matt Mayoko on that there was pretty much no concern about Nick Bosa not being a part of camp. Now that we are uh, a week away from things getting underway, do you think there is any any concern cropping in? Well, Shanahan was uh, they had him. Uh, they didn't have he wasn't a guest, but they played a clip of him um, late last week on FL Network, and he seemed to have no concern about him being there, and didn't even seem to care that he wasn't there. Uh, so, uh, the thing with Bosa is, you, you, you know, I think I've said this before, some shape or form. There's no concern that he's just out getting fat and not working out. Now, I would imagine the Niners are probably more concerned that he, considering some of his injury history 
that he's been out working. He's out work. He's working out too much that he would be not ready to play whenever he comes in and plays when he's eligible to play. The Saints traded kicker Will Lutz to the Broncos, as we talked about in hour one. They also kept Jimmy Graham on the roster, and they released cornerback Bradley Roby. And then as well as uh, we were both present for this injury when it happened in the Fiesta Bowl to Jalen Smith, but to linebacker Jalen Smith. Yeah, I don't even know he was still in the league, too. Unfortunately, uh, he's had, you know, there's never... He went down that Fiesta Bowl game, and actually, you know, that was against Ohio State, and and uh, Decker, uh, Aaron Decker, no, that's our guy. Decker, uh, the, the left tackle who used to play for Ohio State, who's now with the Lions, a really good player. Um, they're actually good friends uh, and had been previously, and that's just kind of a you know, freakish thing that, you know, he you know, basically... He didn't end the career of his best friend or a friend of his, but uh, certainly significantly reduced what could have been. Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker. There you go. Aaron Decker's our our friend that uh, works here at the station. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, the Lions activated cornerback Emmanuel Mosley off of the pup list, and they also released former ASU cornerback Chase Lucas. Yeah, I never understood the Chase Lucas hype when he came out of high school in his first couple years in uh, at ASU. I remember hearing that people thought he was, you know, somebody did, uh, that he was going to be like a first-round draft pick whenever he came out. I might even have said that, uh, quoting the source at the time, and I, I think it was a couple of the NFL draft gurus that said that. I never thought he was that good a player at ASU. Uh, so I'm not surprised. You know, he would he was with the Lions on uh, during the Hard Knocks thing last year, and there, I thought he was going to get cut just watching Hard Knocks. Uh, he had a couple of horrendous preseason games a year ago. He ended up making the roster because, if I remember correctly, he had a really good last preseason game. Uh, so. Uh, like I said, I never understood what all the fascination was about him being a uh, not just a NFL player, but a supposed really high draft pick and good NFL player. Uh, one other thing that caught my attention here, the Panthers released linebacker Deion Jones, and they also kept five tight ends. Yeah, Deion Jones, didn't he retire uh, or was basically retired by the Falcons? Uh, at one point, so I'm not sure how much he has left in the tank. Uh, so, and I forgot what you said there. I'm sorry. Five the other part tight was, ends. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Um, I guess they're going to run the ball. <laughs> I guess they need help with the offensive line. Well, that would be true. I just use those guys as pass protectors and, and whatever. So, uh, whatever. I think it was an extremely uneventful Tuesday as far as a quote NFL cutdown day as opposed to past years. Yeah, I mean, like I said, nothing really surprised me here. Uh, the Ravens are sticking with Tyler Huntley as their backup quarterback. I think for me, no surprise that Melvin Gordon did, was cut. Did they, did they did they have a choice? Anybody other than who else is there other than Tyler Huntley? Uh, I mean, so, they were really trying to, I guess, push Anthony Brown. Really? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. He, he was bad. Well, I shouldn't say he was bad. He was um, in his two college stints at Boston College in Oregon. I think that uh, Boston College and Oregon fans would say that he was, for the most part, disappointing in college. 
And the last thing that caught my attention here is the situation with the Chiefs and uh, Chris Jones, that they officially put him on the reserve, did not report. They also traded for Neil Farrell Jr. from the Raiders, I guess, in anticipation that Chris Jones won't be participating. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders can't think much of him if they're trading him to the Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, a divisional opponent, and I think they're giving up on him after, what, a year or two? Yeah, um, another wonderful draft pick by John Gruden. 602-260-1060. That's the number if you'd like to join the program. We'll take your calls now. Talk to you on the other side of the break. In addition to that, on the other side of the break, we'll go around Major League Baseball. We'll catch up with things around the American League and also uh, Major League Baseball. Maybe they shouldn't have done this on NFL Cutdown Day, but there's also waivers. And so that took place yesterday. So we'll dive into a little bit about that around Major League Baseball. 602-260-1060, though, is the number if you'd like to chime in. It is the Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Let's continue our Major League Baseball conversation and we'll dive into the American League here. So right now, the Orioles remain out on top. 83-49 and is their record. And then we have a situation with the Mariners and the Rangers at 75-57 and and the Twins are 69-64. and So that means the American League wildcard race. You have the Rays at 81-52. and Those same teams, Mariners and Rangers, 75 and 57, and the Astros, 76 and 58. On the outside looking in, you have the Blue Jays three and a half games back and the Red Sox six and a half games back. And I think I could probably stop including the Red Sox here at some point in time. But when it comes to uh, the Astros... You have my my permission to do that. Okay. Next time. They're in in trouble. (laughs) I was going to say, I almost (laughs) might even be on, on pace for eliminating the Blue Jays from being mentioned but we'll see. well the their entire left side of their infield went on the injured list the last two days uh you know chapman and bichette had to go back on the injured list because they brought him too soon brought him back too soon from the last time uh the astros though they did top the red sox six to two yesterday they are looking for the sweep today and it's going to be Framber valdez he's nine to nine 3.40 era 159 strikeouts and i think this is a great baseball name Cutter Crawford, six and six, three point six five ERA, one hundred and one strikeouts. I'm not familiar with his pitching arsenal. I don't know if he throws a cutter, but yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing that. I don't think that, I don't know if that's his real name, but if he throws one, that would be a good nickname for sure. So we'll see. A lot going on here, though, including in Baltimore today, which uh, has been home run derby thus far. The ball is flying out of Camden Yards today. I have no idea what the wind situation is and humidity or whatever. There's both going on. But the last I looked, there has been four home runs in this game, and it's in the fourth inning. Uh, And uh, both starting pitchers have gotten clobbered. Not surprised that Dylan Cease has gotten clobbered because he's been really, really bad 
since he didn't get traded. He wasn't great before he got traded this year, but he's been awful since he was not traded at the deadline when a lot of his teammates were. And uh, I've been waiting for Kyle Gibson to get clobbered for weeks and you know, without uh, you know without being accurate on that, but he's been terrible today. And uh, he's given up seven runs so far in this game. So that's going on right now. And uh, they're only in the fourth inning at 7-5. to five. There have been 15 hits so far in the first five innings of this game. And four homers. I know that the White Sox said that they were not making Dylan Cease available. But since he was a topic of discussion here for the Arizona Diamondbacks because of some controllable years left on his contract, if he were traded, uh, based upon some performances here before and after the trade deadline, are you glad that the Diamondbacks weren't in on, on that? No, I would have uh, still been completely in on them doing this. I mean, I don't pay any attention what's happened to him since August the 1st because clearly uh, he's pissed off, doesn't want to be there, and why would you want to be there? Uh, Since then, they've, uh, among other things, fired the two guys that brought you in, uh, the two front office guys, Kenny Williams and and Rick Hahn, are both gone. Uh, It's a disaster uh, in Chicago right now, and uh, yeah, they they for people who thought it was Tony LaRusso's fault, I use this line all the time, but I'm going to add to it now. He actually is now back in the organization as an advisor to Jerry Reinsdorf, who's had a long relationship since uh, Reinsdorf uh, hired LaRusso as a manager in the early 1980s. The Rangers beat the Mets 2-1 to one yesterday. Uh, they've won two in a row now after some slumping there. It's going to be Dane Dunning today, 9-6, and 3.36 ERA, 107 strikeouts. And Denai Reyes, 0-2, 7.50 ERA, 12 strikeouts. Yeah, um, I don't have much to offer here. I haven't watched the Mets play for weeks, literally. I'm not watching them unless, you know, look, I can't imagine this scenario. I would like them. The one that the one thing I will say is a lot of apparently there's some Mets players that want to meet with Steve Cohen uh, after the speculation that they, he's going to trade Cohen's going to trade or not resign uh, some of their uh, veteran players and established players etc. and uh, uh, the stuff has hit the fan big time as, in, in Queens. The Rays topped the Marlins 11 to 2. The Rays are 8 and 2 in their last 10. Zach Eflin 13 and 8, 3.55 ERA, 147 strikeouts versus Jesus Lazardo 9 and 8, 3.77 ERA, 167 strikeouts. Yeah, I'd rather go back to yesterday and uh, you know, it was 11 to 2 yesterday and uh, yeah, Sandy Alcantara another bad start. After he's seemingly gotten it together of late, he's had a really, really bad season. Also, yesterday, the Marlins lost Jorge Soler, who has 35 home runs this season. And he's out uh, with right hip tightness, and it sounds like he's going to be out more than a day or two. Since the All-Star break, uh, the Marlins are 16-27. and And I think you can kind of officially remove them from the uh, so-called NL wildcard chase because they're just uh, they're they're sucking wind right now, basically. Uh, and then you have the Cubs and the Brewers. The Cubs win one one nothing yesterday. Brandon Woodruff today uh, three and one two point six five ERA forty one strikeouts. Kyle Hendricks five and seven three point eight zero ERA sixty eight strikeouts. One of the best games of the season in baseball last night at Wrigley Field. Uh, it was uh, you know Corbin Burns and John and uh, Justin Steele dealing 
I'm going to make another case. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Uh, I think that Steele should be the National League Cy Young Award winner. Uh, he struck out eight and six of six innings last night. He got hit by a he got nailed by a line drive in the first inning of this game. It looked like he might even leave the game at that point. And he did go back into the clubhouse between the uh, and the bottom of the inning, uh, between uh, the time that he would left that inning and then came back at the end of the inning. Uh, uh, but the, by the time, but before he had to pitch in the in the in the top of the second. Uh, he went and got some kind of examination and came out and was unbelievably good. He has the second most quality starts now in Major League Baseball, Justin Steele does, to only Garrett Cole. And wow. I hear nothing about him being mentioned as, an, uh, as a Cy Young Award candidate. He's on a team that is going to you know, maybe make the playoffs. Right now they're certainly in the playoffs. And he is really good. And nobody seems to be talking about him. He's a, he's fifteen and three now. He has the tied for the most wins in baseball. He might actually he might actually have the most wins in baseball now at fifteen, but nobody talks about him. Including when we read the odds last week, he was like fourth in the National League for the Cy Young thing. He should he should win the Cy Young award. I don't care about Blake Snell. He's not pitching in any pressure situations. The Padres suck. He's been good. I know he's leading the world in strikeouts or whatever, but you know, you got a guy in, in Steel. He's 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 been the main reason, pitching wise, why the Cubs have a chance to make the playoffs. So around Major League Baseball, players can be placed and claimed on waivers after the deadline. And when put on waivers can be claimed, has to be done so by August 31st to be postseason eligible. Here you have what the Los Angeles Angels have done. Jeff Passan reporting that the Angels play starting pitcher Lucas Giolito, relievers Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dominic Leone, outfielder Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gruchich all on waivers. Of course, you have Giolito, Lopez, Leone, and Gruchich all part of the trade deadline acquisitions. Yeah, this is a huge, most almost for sure non-story. I know it was a big deal yesterday. This is not supposed to be public knowledge. There have been, I guarantee you, and every year, hundreds of players in Major League Baseball that are placed on waivers at this time of the year, and somebody leaked the story. You're supposed to be fined by Major League Baseball if you're found out to be the source of leaking the story. So this got out yesterday. I know there are a couple guys from the Yankees that were, you know, they, they, they found out about them too. Somebody did. I don't know if that was passing or somebody else. But you're not supposed, this is not supposed to be public knowledge. This is kind of like standard operating procedure in the month of August. And it has been for many, many, many years. The difference is, you know, there's a, the trade deadline, quote unquote, ends on uh, August the 1st, you know, you, you know, depending on the calendar year, July 31st, August 1st, or somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. This has changed a little bit since then, but, you know, this is not supposed to be public knowledge, but also this is standing standard operating procedure. It's not likely that I don't think any of these guys are going to change teams because you, know, you have to – Certainly no bad teams are going to take them because you have to assume the salary for the rest of the year, and some of these guys do have some high salary numbers. Uh, but this whole thing was a huge deal yesterday, 
and I think it's almost for sure a non-story. Uh, to your point, though, about some of the other leaked names, Harrison Bader uh, with the Yankees, Carlos Carrasco with the Mets, Mike Clevenger with the White Sox, and Jose Cisnero with the Tigers were a few of the names I saw. Yeah, and I wouldn't want any of those guys anyway because uh, uh, those guys haven't been good for the most part. It's poll question time. We do that next. It's the Broncos 2023 win total as well as what's going on with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Should the Colts have traded him? We'll answer those two questions on the other side of the break. But uh, for your information, football fans and golfers will come together to raise money in honor of NFL coach Vince Lombardi and support organizations that help prevent cancer, provide the best care to those fighting it, and find a cure. It's all happening September 16th at Talking Stick Resort. Join the fun and help fight for a cure. Visit LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi dash Southwest dash open. That's LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi dash Southwest dash open. Poll question time. It's happening next here on the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. HD Radio is here for KDOS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Welcome back to The Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, something we do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays from 10 to noon. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. We transition our attention to the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. For the 2023 Denver Broncos, is it over 8.5 wins or under 8.5 wins? I want to bet over. I really do, but I don't trust Russell Wilson. I just don't think he's very good anymore, and I thought that before last year. actually kind of thought he had declined in each of his last two seasons when he was with Seattle. Remember, I fully acknowledge that he had one of those seasons with some injuries, but uh, even when healthy, I didn't think he was nearly as good as he had been. Uh, so I don't trust him to suddenly bounce back. I like Sean Payton a lot. You know, I also certainly like the first part of their schedule. They're going to be, I think, you know, they're going to be favored in their first two games, both at home in Denver in September in altitude against Las Vegas and Washington. We've mentioned previously that uh, those games uh, historically Denver in the, the month of September to start the season uh, they've been good at home all the time for the most part over the years but even more so early in the season uh, so that and I think they're going to be favored or at least they could certainly be favored at Chicago uh, factoring in what the odds makers seem to think of the Bears which is not very much uh, so they could start get off to a good start and I think that would be important for Peyton uh, new coach, new culture, my least favorite word in the world in the month of July and August, but whatever, I get it here. I think it actually has substance when they're talking about him and the Broncos. So they get off to a good start, but I hate a couple of their schedule stretches. Most, uh, mostly the three straight road games in December. I don't even care who you're, you could be playing against, you know, basically, you know, Saguaro High School, even though they're good, right? Uh, but bad high school teams, I, three straight road games at any point in a football season is not good, especially in the NFL. And uh, especially in December, 
And those three straight road games are at Houston, which I seem to be the only person in the Mar- – well, I'm not because their season win total has gone up one full win in like the last two weeks. Uh, so others think that Houston might be pretty good too. But it's at Houston, at the Chargers, and at Detroit. Uh, so that's a really difficult stretch for any team, let alone one that's going to be somewhere hovering around 500 most likely. Uh, so I can't bet the over – and uh, yeah, uh, I'm just I'm not you know, for the purpose of the question I'm going to say over, but there's not a chance in hell I'm going to bet this. So I think I have question marks here about the offensive line. Obviously, Sean Payton, that was one of the things that he immediately wanted to address in the offseason, paying a lot of money to bring in Mike McGlinchey. So can that offensive line avoid injuries and hold up? And how is Russell Wilson going to be? Is he going back to being uh, an elite quarterback? Is he going to be a very solid quarterback? Or is he going to be a quarterback that is a shell of himself? And so it's just kind of curious to see how... Sean Payton will try to work the offense, putting him in opportunities to succeed, understanding what his strengths and limitations are now in the year 2023. I do think uh, the wide receiver injuries are a massive problem for how this, for for who is going to be available for Russell Wilson to get the ball to. So uh, clearly if Jerry Judy, uh, he's he avoided landing on the IR, he avoided landing on the pup list. So that potentially is good news for the Broncos, but you have Cortland Sutton and then Marlon Mims Jr. as your other wide receiver options. Um, special teams has been a disaster, but they did try to rectify that by bringing in kicker Will Lutz, making a trade for him. You obviously have Patrick Sertan, who's an elite corner, and Vance Joseph will uh, certainly be deploying some blitzes and some fun things on the defensive end of the uh, end of the ball. I'm just kind of curious to see uh, if Sean Payton is going to make a five-win team uh, into a nine-win team and whether or not it just really was a lot of, you know, coaching mistakes, uh, just little little details that were the cause for this team kind of unraveling like it did last year. I would, though, lean to the underside of things here. Uh, nine wins does seem like a lot. I'll push back a little bit. I think their offensive line has got a chance to be one of the best in the league. Yeah, they had a couple guys that got hurt last year. They're back. They also uh, spent $64 million in guaranteed money for Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers, who were both really good in San Francisco and Baltimore, respectively. And I think there is a chance that they could be, if they're good, I I think it's pretty easy, the formula, they're going to run the ball. Uh, I know Williams, I'm not sure about him, but they did bring in uh, Simaji Pirine. I like him a lot. Liked him back in the Oklahoma days. The Bengals actually thought so much of him. With the Super Bowl on the line, they gave him the ball instead of uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, So I was actually a little surprised that the Bengals did make more of a push to keep him, but they paid. Uh, The Broncos did to get uh, Pirine. And Russell Wilson's best days in Seattle – it was run the ball and play action. And I think they, there's going to be a whole lot more of that. I think that's a formula for the Broncos to go over the 8.5 once again. The, for the purpose of the question, that's what I would favor, but I'm not betting it. The masses are on the underside of things at 82% of the vote, uh, over sitting at 18%. This is KDOS1060.com. Flipping this on to the Twitter side of things, at KDOSAM1060, should the Colts have traded Jonathan Taylor? So it's interesting here because he's going to be starting the season on pop. Does that kind of 
reignite the possibility that he just sits out until the trade deadline and they try this all over again ahead of the October trade deadline. Also interesting because uh, he can be franchise tagged, so they could try this all over again in the offseason. But I have to wonder, is what they were wanting for compensation in return, is it because of this, you know, attack on the running backs in the market? Is it because of this undisclosed, unsure of what his health status is with him starting on the pup list? Are there concerns? And that's why maybe some of the other teams were not going full out with a with a a first round pick. Uh, but in general, he is obviously no longer interested in being a part of the Indianapolis Colts because, you know, the, the contract extension talks just pretty much didn't happen. Um, so I think you have to kind of try to allow Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson in the direction that they're going a fresh start. So try to get what you can. So I'm a little surprised that this didn't happen. Especially if the Packers did offer Dylan. Um, who I know is supposedly out of shape and the Packers may not be thrilled with him and the Packers made a push for Taylor, which kind of confirms the what I've heard because uh, I've not seen Dylan in any preseason games or a picture of him or anything like that. But it's, that's supposedly uh, the speculation is that they would they offered him in the package. Uh, so you're not getting that, – that's – he was not a first-round pick when he came out of school, but that's as close as you're going to get to a first-round pick. What do they expect to get in return from him? Uh, the, so the Dolphins, Bears, Broncos. I never quite understood the Broncos part of this because they seem to be pretty satisfied with the P. Ryan thing, and they paid him. They paid him a lot of money, as I just mentioned. Uh, so, but I don't know what the hell the I don't know what the Colts are doing, but that's not surprising because. You know, with Ursay as the owner, you know, Peyton Manning was so good that you know, basically they overcame a lot of uh, Ursay's stupid decisions and foolish thinking in life in general at that point. Uh, not since then, and obviously the Andrew Luck thing you know, put, a, put them in a, the organization in a terrible spot. But the Colts kind of uh, remind me of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, the only difference is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have been doing stupid things for a decade, and uh, the Colts have actually been doing things for longer than that, but they were so good when Peyton Manning was there that it didn't matter how stupid the owner was. The masses are on the yes side of things at 77.8% of the vote, no trailing at 22.2%. Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We will wrap up this Wednesday, August 30th edition on the other side of the break. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you for one more. social information about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060.
30th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Uh, tomorrow at 9.15, it's Team 31 of our 32 team NFL team previews. Uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Also, we'll talk ASU and Cardinals with Doug Haller of The Athletic during the extra point tomorrow. And I just lost my place, and I can't uh, – you got a sound sheet there? Oh, sure, here we I go. Do. I got I, I, no problem. I've recovered. NBC, CBS – well, I don't know, recovered might be a strong word, but I found, I found my place. NBC, CBS, Major League Baseball, and WSCR, the Cubs flagship station – uh, with the uh, the, uh, the the that was the, the Cubs and the Brewers last night. That's one of the best games I've seen in Major League Baseball all season long. They're currently playing, by the way. I believe it's two nothing Cubs in the top of the second inning, maybe top of the third inning uh, from Wrigley Field. Uh, special thanks as it was as always. Excuse me to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster-Bierstein from 5 to 6. The Arizona Diamondbacks are taking on the Dodgers, trying to avoid getting swept tonight with Brandon Fought on the mound versus Ryan Pepio. 7-10 start, dbacks.com slash watch to find the channel that works for you. You had mentioned that Doug Haller is joining us at 10-15 Tomorrow in the extra point, ASU football kicks off the Kenny Dillingham era tomorrow, hosting Southern Utah, 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 networks. And then some updates here as ESPN moving people around uh, as they've been doing all offseason here ahead of college football. It looks like Dan Orlovsky is moving into the studio on ABC alongside Kevin Nagandi uh, and Booger yeah. McFarland. Uh, he's still going to be on the call for some of the NFL games with Chris Fowler, Lewis Riddick, and Laura Rutledge, but he will no longer be calling games. He'll be in the studio. Yeah, I could. Uh, I think of the world would we'd all be better off as far as learning things for football if Orlovsky wasn't doing the NFL or college football. So there's that. Real, uh, oh, real quick, the Dodger Diamondbacks will know what's going on with the Giants because they're playing in like a half hour here. Uh, so they'll have an idea of where they stand heading into that game tonight. Currently, the uh, Giants have that final wild card spot with the Diamondbacks sitting a half game back in those standings. That'll do it for this Wednesday edition of Extra Point. Looking forward to tomorrow with the Sports Zone kicking us off at 9 a.m. Talk to you then.